Welcome to the MVP Podcast. Today is October 20th, 2020. So we got some fun news this week. It has been announced that there will be another of the match scheduled for November 27th at 3 o'clock on TNT. They will play at Stone Canyon Golf Club in Arizona, and it will be Steph Curry and Peyton Manning taking on Phil Mickelson and Charles Barkley. The last two of the match have been a lot of fun, even for people that don't really like watching golf. I think that it's fun to kind of get a more inside and personal look at people playing golf, these professionals, than you normally do when you're watching a tournament on TV. Um, The first one was Tiger versus Phil, and it was fun to just see two of golf's all-time greats go head-to-head and see them trash talk, and I think they had some side bets and stuff too. So it was fun to kind of see those two golf greats go head-to-head and see their interactions while they're on the course. And I I think they kind of talked about some of the shots they were taking a little bit, so that was cool to see kind of the mental approach that they take to the game as they kind of explained on some of their shots, and you kind of had a little bit more inside access than you usually would. And then the last one that they played, the second match, was Peyton Manning and Tiger versus Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. This was a lot of fun. It was on TV during the pandemic, I think, and they had um, custom carts, and they were all mic'd up, and it was just fun to kind of watch those guys interact with each other just like the first time, except now you had two of the best quarterbacks of all time joining two of the best golfers of all time to go head-to-head in a golf match. So that was a lot of fun. And Tom Brady couldn't have been more relatable. He just kept shanking his drives, and he just struggled all day. And it was like, wow, he is human. Like We all all kind of struggle when it comes to golf sometimes. So I expect a lot of the same when it comes to this next version of the match. I think Curry will bring some fun energy. He's he always has that like spark, especially when he's playing basketball. And I, I've been watching him on his new show called Holy Moly, and he hits some chips on that. So he's pretty good and and he just gets excited. So I'm expecting him to be kind of the hype man in this group of four. But Peyton had a pretty good outing last time when he him and Tiger beat Phil and Brady. So that they should be a tough duo, Curry and Peyton together. Curry's like basically a pro. He's I think he's a he's either a scratch golfer or is he's like has a negative handicap. So he's really good. Not as good as Phil, obviously, but he's definitely better out of the three of the other sports stars. But I'm really looking forward to Charles Barkley in this one. He's kind of known as being a really bad golfer. I don't know if anybody, any of you guys have seen his swing, but I don't know if he's changed it or not, but he used to have like a hitch in his swing where like he brings the club back and then like on the way forward, he like kind of like hitches and like moves his whole upper body forward and like pauses. It's really weird. So hopefully he got that kink out of his game and he can kind of compete with these guys, but he's also really funny. So I expect Charles to bring some extra added humor and, just be that interesting comedic relief and guy that's just going to crack jokes and joke around. And I don't think he's going to be too serious about the competition of golf. I I think, I just think that he's out there to have fun and be with Peyton and Curry and Phil. So I'm really looking forward to the 27th. It should be a fun match. It's a pretty good group of four we've got here. Phil always tends to bring the trash talk and the heat. Barkley should bring some humor 
and Peyton should bring some some good golf, some good insight, and Steph Curry should bring the energy and some unexpected talent that we haven't really seen displayed from him. So I'm really looking forward to the match. It'll be on November 27th at 3 p.m. on TNT, and I think you might also be able to stream it on the Bleacher Report app. We've got a great show for you guys today. We're going to start it off with NFL Week 6 Review, where I've kind of changed up the format a little bit. We're going to break it down by my winners and losers of the weekend. And then for fantasy, instead of giving a top three for each team, I'm going to do a stardom and a sit-em from each team. And then we're going to finish off the Week 6 Review with my best bets before we cap off the show with TV time, where we're going to talk about the show, Dexter. Hope you guys enjoy the show. We're going to kick off the week six review with my first loser of the week, and that is the New England Patriots. Patriots lost to Denver in this one, 18 to 12. So my money line pick of New England was a loser, as well as my spread pick of New England minus nine and a half. Denver improves to two and three as New England falls to two and three. Broncos went up early in this one and led 12 to three at the half. And then in the third quarter, they got a couple field goals to extend their lead to 18-3 to to start the fourth. The Pats made a drive late in the game and got into the end zone to cut the lead to 18-9 to and then went for two to try to make it a seven-point game but failed, so they were still remaining down by nine. They then picked off Drew Locke, which led to a field goal, and then picked him off again with about three minutes left to now be down by six with the ball ready to drive and win the game or at at least tie it, I guess if they would have got the extra point, they would have taken the lead. So they got all the way down to the Denver 24 before getting in a 4th and 10 where um, Cam overthrew Nikhil Harry, or it kind of might have been miscommunication. He kind of threw it out a little too wide for Harry to get, and it caused the turnover on downs and ended the game. The Broncos ended up just running out the clock. So the Pats are my first loser of the week because they had a chance to get back over to 500 and really keep on track and try to stay in there with the Dolphins and the Bills to compete for this division. And the Broncos have just been struggling. So for a team that should be in playoff contention like the Pats, this just wasn't the right game, especially with a whole extra week of prep for the Broncos and an extra week to get everybody healthy and COVID-free and rest up. They just didn't come out and get the job done. So I will give them, cut them a little bit of slack. Cam probably wasn't 100%. He probably didn't do a lot of practicing this past week or these past two weeks. So I'll cut him a little slack there, but they're a loser for me this week because they were just playing a team that should have been weaker than them and they should have been able to get this win. So let's move on to fantasy. We'll start with my Denver stardom this week. My stardom is Tim Patrick. He had four catches for 101 yards. He's really stepped up lately and has become one of the key receivers in that Denver offense. My sit this week for the Broncos is Drew Locke. He had 189 yards and two interceptions, as well as five rushes for negative one yards. So those two picks are the glaring thing there in the sit He threw those two picks late in the game that would have helped them seal it, but instead he kind of let the Pats have a chance. So for the Pats, my stardom is Cam. Even though he didn't look 100%, he still was their best player on offense. He had 157 yards passing, two interceptions, 
and 10 rushes for 76 yards. And then he had one catch for 16 yards on a little like reverse pass from Edelman. So he had a solid game, but just didn't do enough to get them the win in this one. My sit is Edelman. He really didn't do much for him. He had two catches for eight yards as well as one pass that he threw to Cam for 16 yards. So Edelman didn't really provide much fantasy-wise, and it was my sit this week. My next loser of the week is the Houston Texans. Texans lost to the Titans 42-36 to in overtime. So my money line pick of Tennessee is a winner. And my spread pick of Tennessee minus three is also a winner. Tennessee improves to 5-0 while Houston drops to 1-5. This one was a shootout. Titans led 21-10 at the half, but the Texans stormed back and scored 13 unanswered points to give them a 23-21 lead going into the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, Derrick Henry broke off a 94-yard touchdown run to reclaim the lead, 29-23, but then Deshaun Watson responded by throwing a 53-yard touchdown bomb to Will Fuller to take the lead back 30-29. On the next Titans drive, the Texans got a pick, which led them to another touchdown to go up 36-29. to So then the Titans had the ball for one final drive to tie up this game, and Tannehill took him right down the field and threw a nice touchdown pass to A.J. Brown in the corner of the end zone that tied up the game. So then this one went to overtime. And overtime, the Titans got the ball first and drove right down the field. And then on third and goal, Derrick Henry was in the Wildcat and did some, like, his own power option read, whatever you want to call it. And he just fucking direct snap piled right into the end zone to give them the 42 36 win. So this was a great game, much better second half than the first half where the Titans just kind of owned them, but the Texans really put up a good fight and sent it in into overtime versus a undefeated Tennessee team. That's shown that they can be pretty good it is a pretty good stretch for the Texans. So the reason why they're on my loser is, is not because they played bad. I thought they played really great, like I said, against the undefeated Titans team to take them into overtime and only lose because one of the best running backs in the league is just too powerful around the goal line. It's a pretty good day. But now that they're at 1-5, they're going to have a tough time making the playoffs, so they're just kind of done at this point, especially with the Colts and the Titans both winning today, giving them a significant lead. So the Texans are just kind of there. I think they're going to play spoiler to some teams. They're obviously good enough to beat, s- sneak up on some good teams and beat them. So I think that their role this season is going to be mostly just that team that spoils and gives teams some bad losses when they need some wins. But when it comes to the playoff race and them making the playoffs, I think their season is about done. Having five losses is going to be very tough to make the playoffs. I mean, I mean, maybe at eight and eight, you could make the playoffs, but even still then they'd have to go seven and three. And I just don't see that happening with the playing the Titans and the Colts. So we'll see what happens with the Texans. They've got some pieces, but Bill O'Brien kind of left them hanging. So we'll see how they can rebound. But if I'm a Texans fan, I'm looking forward to the future with Watson and what they can build around him rather than stressing on this season and pulling my hair out, hoping that they can get some wins and make the playoffs. So now for fantasy, for the Titans, my stardom is obviously Derrick Henry this week. He had 22 carries for 212 yards and two touchdowns, as well as two catches for 52 yards. My sit this week for the Titans is Jonu Smith. He had one catch for 13 yards and was only targeted twice, so that's not great to only get two passes thrown your way. 
My stardom for the Texans is going to be Deshaun Watson. He had 335 yards, four touchdowns, and four rushes for 26 yards. And my sit-em for the Texans is going to be Duke Johnson. I know he's not the starter, but he should be able to contribute a little bit. And he only had four carries for nine yards and one catch for two yards. My next loser of the week is the Philadelphia Eagles. The Ravens beat the Eagles in this one 30-28. So my money line pick of Baltimore is a winner, but my spread pick of Baltimore minus 7.5 is a loser. Baltimore improves to 5-1, while Philly drops to 1-4-1. The Ravens jumped out to a nice lead in this one, going up 24-6 late in the third. The Eagles then scored a touchdown to cut it 24-14 before giving up two field goals to make it 30-14. But the Eagles weren't done. They followed up with a touchdown and a two-point conversion and then forced the Ravens to punt and then got in the end zone again to make the score 30-28. to They went for two to tie the game but came up short and the Ravens won the game, got the ball back, ran out the clock. So I'm calling the Eagles a loser in this one for the same reason as the Texans. They both put up good fights against good teams, but in the grand scheme of things, this game really hurts them. The Eagles are in one of the... It, the Eagles are in the weakest division in football. I was going to say one of the worst weakest divisions in football, but it is the weakest division in football and are now only a half game up on the Giants at Washington and give the Cowboys now an opening to increase their lead in the division and get a good grasp on that with Washington and New York not really being that great this season. The Eagles are really the only competition and they're floundering it away. So they're still in the hunt to win the division, but that's really the only chance that they'll have at getting to the playoffs. So they're going to have to figure out how to turn it around and beat these division opponents to make sure that they can just lock up that division. So that's the only way that they're going to be able to make the playoffs at this point. So that's why I'm calling them losers because they would have been able to get a win here and maybe improve to two and three. Now you put yourself in a position for maybe a potential wild card, but at one and four and one, that's going to be tough. So some fantasy guys, we'll start with Baltimore. My stardom this week is Lamar Jackson. He had 186 yards and a touchdown, as well as nine rushes for 108 yards and another touchdown. My sit-in this week was Mark Andrews. He only had two catches for 21 yards. My stardom for Philly was Carson Wentz. Even in a loss, he he brought them back and made a nice comeback. He had 213 yards, two touchdowns, and five rushes for 49 yards, a rushing touchdown, and a fumble. My sit this week is Greg Ward. He only had two catches for 19 yards. Up next for losers of the week is the Cleveland Browns. They lost to the Steelers this week, 38-7. And as I was putting together the pod for this week, I realized that I did not talk about this game last week. So I'm really sorry for that. This was a good game to talk about, and I completely skipped over it on accident. So I don't have any picks for this game, so I'm just not going to count them towards my total. But I'm sorry about that. This would have been a fun one to talk about. I can't believe I just completely missed it. So Pittsburgh improves to 5-0, and Cleveland drops to 4-2. And the Steelers really just own them from start to finish. Baker's rib injury kind of looked like it was bothering him, and the offense just couldn't get much going. So that's why I'm putting the Browns on my losers this week. The offense was just really bad. I mean, I'll cut some slack to Baker, kind of like I did with Cam, because he was hurt and his ribs were probably bothering him. And as a quarterback, getting that low, that like upper body, like 
is is key to making throws and making contact and or playing through contact and making those tough throws where you got to take some hits. So I, I understand that he's hurt, but they couldn't run the ball either. So it wasn't just that Baker couldn't throw it and get it to the receivers. It was that they couldn't run the ball with Kareem Hunt either. So it was just a matter of both elements of their offense sucking today, and it led to this massive blowout for Pittsburgh. Steelers are looking good, though, at 5-0. and That division should be a lot of fun, but the Steelers have clearly established themselves at as at least the number two team in that division. I guess we'll see what happens when they take on the Ravens, but they're the clear one or two team in that division, and the Browns really showed that they weren't ready for him. And who knows, maybe next time when they play, the Browns will be a little bit healthier and they'll have Odell at practice all week and Jarvis practicing all week and Baker practicing all week. So they'll be a little bit more prepped and ready to go and not as hobbled, but to get blown out 38 to seven after having some good wins back to back is tough, but that AFC North is going to be fun. So should be one of the better divisions to look out for. So for fantasy, my stardom this week for the Steelers is Chase Claypool. He had another big game. He had four catches for 74 yards and two rushes for seven yards and a touchdown. My sit was Juju Smith-Schuster. He was awful. He had two catches for six yards. For the Browns, there wasn't a ton of guys, but my stardom this week was Austin Hooper. He had five catches for 52 yards. And my sit this week was Odell Beckham Jr. He had two catches for 25 yards. My next loser of the week is the Packers. Packers lost to the Bucks in this one, 38-10. So my money line pick of Green Bay and my spread pick of Green Bay minus 2.5 are both losers. Tampa Bay improves to 4-2 and two, while Green Bay drops to 4-1. and one. Packers jumped out to a 10-0 start in this one, but the Bucks pretty much owned the game from there. The Bucks defense stepped up in a big way to hold the Packers to only those 10 points, which was their lowest output of the season after they've been putting up, what, 30-plus a game. And the Bucks scored 38 unanswered to get them the 38-10 to win. There's not really much more to say in this game other than the Bucks were really good and the Packers weren't. So that's why I'm making the Packers one of my losers this week. They really showed their weaknesses against a good Tampa Bay team and lost any advantage that they would have had over Tampa Bay when it comes to playoff positioning. So just... With When it comes to playoffs, on top of just losing the battle for being one of the top seeds and positioning themselves in the AFC, they also fall to second place in the NFC North. So the Bears now are a half game up at 5-1, and one, while the Bear- Packers are 4-1. and one. So losing this game, especially in this fashion, is not a good look for the Packers. Let's move on to some fantasy guys. My stardom for the Bucks this week was Ronald Jones. He had 23 carries for 113 yards and two touchdowns. He also had two catches for eight yards. And my sit was Mike Evans. He only had one catch for 10 yards. For the Packers, my stardom is Aaron Jones. He had 10 carries for 15 yards and a touchdown and three catches for 26 yards. And my sit is Aaron Rodgers. He had 160 yards two interceptions, and two rushes for 14 yards. My last and biggest loser of the week is the New York Jets. What a surprise. They lost to the Dolphins 24-0 in this one, so my money line pick of Miami is a winner, as well as my spread pick of Miami minus 9.5. Miami improves to 3-3, while the Jets fall to 0-6. So the Jets are my biggest loser of the week because they are now the only winless team left in the NFL. At this point, Gase just looks incompetent, and they're just 
waiting to get the number one pick and then they'll fire him. feel like they know that he can lose as many games as possible because he's just not a good coach. So they might as well just keep him around until the end of the year and just let him get the number one pick for them before they send him packing. I'm also not really sure what they're doing with Darnold. They started Flacco again, so I can't tell if Darnold is actually hurt or if they're just going to like stash him to boost his trade value because I don't know how they're going to boost his trade value. They're definitely not getting back what they want for him, so I don't know what they're going to do with Darnold. That'll be interesting. I wonder if anybody's going to try to make a move at the deadline, like maybe maybe the Cowboys. I don't know. But we'll see what happens with Darnold. I don't even know if he's going to play any at all this season. It, it's not a good situation for him to come back to, so if I were him, I, will, I wouldn't really want to play unless like you really love football, which I'm sure he does. But, I mean, team is so bad. So that's why the Jets are my biggest loser this week. They got blanked by the Dolphins. Big win for the Dolphins. We even got to see Tua, which was pretty sweet. He had a, completed a couple passes on his little like short drive that he was just basically there to run out the clock. But at least it was cool to see Tua. We got to see his debut. So Dolphins, big win in this one. Jets are my biggest loser of the week. I probably would have put the Jet, the Dolphins as a winner if it wasn't versus the Jets because it's a pretty good win, division, division team. But Jets suck, so they're the biggest loser of the week and of the season so far. Fantasy for the Dolphins. My stardom this week is Miles Gaskin. He had 18 carries for 91 yards and four catches for 35 yards. And my sit this week for Dol- the Dolphins was Devontae Parker. He only had three catches for 35 yards. For the Jets, my stardom this week is Jameson Crowder. He had seven catches for 48 yards. And my sit was Chris Herndon. He did nothing. So those are my stardom and stardom and sit this week. Jets really, we'll see what happens. They're definitely on track for their number one pick. Before we move on to our winners, I've got one game that I think had a winner and a loser in it, and that was the Cowboys versus Cardinals. Cardinals got the win in this one, 38-10, so my money line pick of Arizona was a winner, as well as my spread pick of Arizona minus 3.5. The Cardinals improved to 3-2, while the Cowboys dropped to 2-3. So the two early fumbles by Zeke in this one kind of set the tone, which was pretty much all Cardinals right from the jump. They were up 21-3 to at the half and scored to start the third to make it 28-3. to Cowboys didn't score until pretty late in this game in the second half. They got a touchdown to Amari Cooper pretty late in the fourth quarter with about maybe five minutes left in the game. And then the Cardinals responded with Kenyon Drake ripping off a 69-yard touchdown run where he was just kind of untouched. And that's kind of where the game ended at 38-10. to So the Cowboys are my loser here because they just showed how bad they are without Dak and how much worse they are without Dak. They really just need Dak, in my opinion. Uh, their defense had more holes in it than Swiss cheese. I mean, receivers were running all over them and... Kenny and Drake, that last touchdown was just embarrassing. Like, they didn't even try. And Dalton just clearly isn't going to get the job done. He had some awful interceptions, and the Zeke fumbles didn't help. But with the two of them providing a bunch of turnovers, they didn't stand a chance against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, who were playing pretty good football tonight. So somehow they still lead this division, but they're going to have to figure it out if they're going to... I don't know. The Eagles aren't that bad, I guess. The Eagles could sneak up on them, only being a game back now. 
So they're going to have to figure out how to win some games without Dak and figure out the holes in this defense if they want to do something and win this division. But the Eagles could sneak up on them, so they got to figure it out quickly. I'm going to mark the Cardinals as a winner, though, because they looked good. Even though the Cowboys did look really, really bad, which they did look really, really bad, the Cardinals took advantage of everything that the Cowboys gave them. So uh, you got to give props to them. I mean, Kyler had this sick 80-yard touchdown pass to Kirk. It was beautiful. He just cocked back and launched it, and then it just dropped right in the perfect spot for Christian Kirk, and he just took it the distance, and it's just beautiful. And then Drake's long run, like I kind of missed the beginning, but I caught the end. He, like nobody even tried to touch him. So like props to the Cardinals. They really stepped up. Their defense was huge. I mean, only allowing 10 points to the Cowboys who've been scoring a lot. I mean, granted that was under Dak, but Cowboys offense was scoring a lot. They've got a lot of weapons and the, Cowboy, or the Arizona defense just shut them down, had some interceptions and forced a couple fumbles on Zeke. That's not an easy thing to do. So props to the Cardinals. Even though the Cowboys did suck, they did play a pretty good game. So I'm going to call them a winner as well as calling the Cowboys a loser. Some fantasy guys this week. My stardom for the Cardinals is going to be Kyler Murray. He had 188 yards, two touchdowns, as well as 10 rushes for 74 yards and a touchdown. My sit-em for them was Chase Edmonds. He had five carries for 23 yards as well as one catch for six yards. My stardom for the Cowboys is Amari Cooper. He had seven catches for 79 yards and a touchdown. And my sit is Michael Gallup, who had two catches and 23 yards. And he almost had a touchdown. He would have had the touchdown that Cooper had. They forced it to him a couple times at the end, but he kept getting tangled up and trying to get PIs. He even got a couple PI calls, so he should have had a touchdown, but he was really underwhelming this week. So my sit is Michael Gallup for the Cowboys. We're going to kick off the winners of the week with the Bears. Bears got the win in this one, 23-16 over the Panthers. So my money line pick of Chicago as well as my spread pick of Chicago plus 2.5 are both winners. The Bears improved to 5-1 and one while the Panthers dropped to 3-3. Three and three. So the Bears got an interception on the first Panthers drive, and that kind of set the tone, led to the first touchdown to go up 7-0. They both kind of traded field goals through the first half, and the Bears led 13-6. to In the third quarter, Foles had a QB sneak from the one to push the Bears' lead to 20-6. to The Panthers responded with a one-yard touchdown from Davis after a questionable pass interference call that got them down inside inside the five. I think it might have even taken them down to the one. It was, it was like almost a touchdown pass for DJ Moore, but they called pass interference, so they got it down to the one and punched it in with Davis. They then traded field goals in the fourth, and the Panthers had one opportunity down 23-16 to 16 to drop, make a drive and tie the game. But Teddy threw a pick, and the game was pretty much over. Bears sealed it. So the Bears are my big winner this week, my first winner, because they're now in first place in the NFC North. With the Packers losing to the Bucks. they now move a half game ahead of the Packers for the number one seed in the NFC North. And they're now sitting up there with some of the best teams in the NFC. So... Through the first six weeks, the Bears are looking good. I'm sure my Chicago guys are happy, especially Addison. Um, so Bears are sitting at 5-1, and one and they're looking good. So that's why they're one of my winners this week. For fantasy, my stardom for the Bears is Nick Foles. He had 198 yards, a touchdown, an interception, and two rushes for four yards and that one-yard touchdown. My sit this week is Anthony Miller. He only had three catches for eight yards. 
My stardom for the Panthers this week is DJ Moore. He had five catches for 93 yards. And my sit is Teddy Bridgewater. He had 216 yards, two interceptions, and eight rushes for 48 yards. So those two picks were pretty big for them. Kind of costly. My next winner of the week is the Colts. Colts got the win over the Bengals in this one, 31 to 27. So my money line pick of the Colts is a winner, but my spread pick of Colts minus eight is a loser. Colts improved to four and two while the Bengals fall to one and four and one. Bengals jumped out to a 21-0 lead in this one, and it was not looking good for the Colts early. I was at this game, so it was not fun to be there when the Bengals were up 21 to zero. But the Colts had a massive second quarter and went into the half only down 24-21. Bengals got a field goal in the third to go up 27-21, but that's when the Colts responded with a touchdown drive to take the lead at 28-27. Bengals then drove down and decided to opt for a long field goal, which they missed, and that led to the Colts getting a field goal drive at the other end to go up 31-27. Then on the next drive, Burrow had a chance to drive down and win this game with a touchdown, but he was intercepted by the Colts' rookie safety, Julian Blackman, and the Colts sealed the game. So I'm going to put the Colts as a winner this week because I thought that after a rough start from Phillip Rivers, he really responded well and really made the plays necessary to get the Colts the win. He looked pretty solid. He made some good throws. He had a sweet touchdown throw to Zach Paschal, who had a great catch. He had a great pass to Trey Burton, who made a great catch and kept his feet in to get that in another touchdown. So Philip and then he made some some plays late where he stepped up in the pocket on some key second and third downs to make some drives. So I'm more I'm more impressed with Philip Rivers, especially seeing him in, in person than I was last week. So I'm marking them a winner mostly because I was impressed by what Phillip Rivers did. I was also impressed with what the defense did. In the first half, it was really looking like they were missing Darius Leonard. I mean, Joe Mixon had a couple touchdowns and was kind of running all over us, and we just weren't looking good defensively. But then the defense stepped up and got the stops needed in the second quarter and in the second half and really let the offense and Phillip Rivers get that leeway to have a couple drives where you can have some rough plays. But – to get in the end zone and get field goals is what they needed. And the Colts defense allowed Rivers to kind of get into the flow of the game and get comfortable. And then he started to make the throws and the plays. So the defense was huge, but uh, I'll give a little bit more respect to Phillip Rivers now. So respect Phillip Rivers after that game, but it's a good win for the Colts. They needed a bounce back win and they couldn't allow the Bengals to come into Indianapolis and win one in at home. That just wasn't going to happen. Some fantasy guys this week. My stardom for the Colts is the new addition, Trey Burton. He had a really great game. He had four catches for 58 yards and a touchdown, and he had one rush for one yard and a touchdown. He ran this like wildcat like power dive, whatever you want to call it, where he did a direct snap and just kind of like followed the O-lineman into the end zone, kind of like what Derrick Henry did in the Titans game. It was pretty cool to see them use him in that position like you think maybe like Jonathan Taylor would be back there but to throw our tight end back there was pretty interesting and a nice mix up in Frank Reich's offense my synonym this week is T.Y. Hilton he really is a ghost he only had one catch for 11 yards my stardom this week for the Bengals is one guy I was really impressed with and that was T. Higgins he had six catches for 125 yards as well as one carry for two yards him and Burrow, the Bengals' future is bright. 
So, I mean, him and, and I like Mixon too. So the three of them, Bengals are going to be good. Give them a couple years. My sit was the Bengals defense. They let up 31 points, only got one sack. They did have one interception and one fumble, but really didn't capitalize on that. So my sit this week for the Bengals was their defense. My next winner of the week is the 49ers. The 49ers got the win over the Rams in this one, 24-16. So my money line pick of the Rams was a loser, as well as my spread pick of Rams minus 3.5. The Niners improved to 3-3, three three, while the Rams fall to 4-2. and two. Niners got off to a red-hot start in this one, going up 14-0 early. Then to start the second, the Rams got a touchdown, but the Niners responded with a touchdown of their own to end the half with a 21-6 lead. The Rams started the second half with a field goal to make it 21-9, but then it was a punt fest until the fourth quarter when the Niners finally got a field goal to go up 24-9. The Rams then responded with a touchdown to cut the deficit to 8 at 24-16, and they they kicked off to the Niners, and all the Niners needed to do was just get a few first downs to run out the clock and win the game, and that's exactly what they did. So the Niners are the winners here because they got a big win over a division rival in the Rams, and they get back on track and stay in the playoff hunt. They now move to within one game back of the Rams and the Cardinals and two games back of Seattle. So now they've positioned themselves to be in a place where they can compete in that rough and tough NFC NFC West. NFC West is tough, man. All four of those teams could be playoff teams come the end of the season. I was just talking about it earlier. I think... One of them is going to be a division winner and will be hosting probably one of these other teams, and the other two will be playing the other division winners potentially. So it's a tough division, but the Niners get a nice win over the Rams and get back on track and get back in that mix and put themselves in position to be in the playoff hunt for their division. So my fantasy guys this week will start with the Niners. My stardom is George Kittle. He had seven catches for 109 yards and a touchdown. My sit is Jarek McKinnon. He had six carries for 18 yards and two catches for 10 yards. My stardom this week was for the Rams was Jared Goff. He had 198 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, as well as one rush for 10 yards. And my sit this week was Cooper Cup. He only had three catches for 11 yards. My next winner of the week is the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs got the win over the Bills on Monday Night Football 26-17. So my money line pick of Kansas City is a winner, as well as my spread pick of Kansas City minus three and a half. The Chiefs improved to five and one, while the Bills fall to four and two. This was a pretty back and forth first half, with the Chiefs leading thirteen to ten at the half. The Chiefs then scored a touchdown to end the third and a field goal to kind of near the start of the fourth to push the lead to twenty three to ten. But the Bills made a final push, scoring a touchdown on their next drive to make it 23-17, to 17, but a Kansas City field goal and then an interception on the ensuing Buffalo drive sealed the game to give the Chiefs a 26-17 win. So the Chiefs are my winner this week because they get a nice bounce-back win over a pretty good Bills team. So once again, the Chiefs have shown their dominance over some of the top teams in the AFC, and, and they get Le'Veon Bell next week, as well as now have advantages when it comes to playoff positioning over the Ravens and the Bills. So through the first six weeks, the Chiefs are in a really good spot, and even though they've got that one loss to the Raiders, it's not going to hurt because 
they should be in position to be battling with teams like the Bills and the Ravens for positioning anyways, and they've got those advantages now, so they're sitting pretty good, I think, through the first six weeks. My stardom this week for fantasy for the Chiefs is going to be Travis Kelsey. He had five catches for 65 yards and two touchdowns. My sit-in for the Chiefs is going to be Tyreek Hill. He kind of had a slow game. He had three catches for 20 yards and one rush for five yards. My stardom for Buffalo is going to be Stephon Diggs. He had six catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. And my sit-in is going to be John Brown. He had no catches, no yards. He did nothing, but he was targeted four times. So that's not a good look for him. Next up on my winners for the week is the Detroit Lions. The Lions got the win in this one, 34-16 over the Jaguars. So my money line pick of Detroit is a winner, as well as my spread pick of Detroit minus 3.5. Detroit improves to 2-3 and three on the season, while Jacksonville falls to 1-5. and five. The Lions really just owned them from the beginning. They just established themselves early and got a nice lead and just kind of never really looked back. They were big winners this week because they showed that they're kind of one of those like in-between teams. Like They're going to beat the bad teams, and they'll give the good teams a run for their money on occasion, but will mostly lose. But they've established themselves as they're out of the bottom of the NFL, in my opinion. Beating the Jags shows that, especially by double digits and the almost 20 like 34 to 16 is pretty good victory so they showed that they're gonna really put it on some bad teams I mean the Jaguars are one of those extra bad teams but hopefully they can play some consistent football and that will lead to them being successful so we'll look out for the Lions that NFC North is tough so I don't expect them to be a contender for or even really like deep in the hunt but it's a This week was a good week where they showed that they could get a win over a bad team. So my stardom for Detroit this week is DeAndre Swift. He was awesome. He had 14 carries for 116 yards and two touchdowns, as well as having three catches for seven yards. And my sit-em this week for the Lions was Marvin Jones. He only had two catches for eight yards. My stardom this week for Jacksonville was Keelan Cole. He had six catches for 143 yards. And my sit-em is Chris Thompson. He had three catches for 15 yards, and he didn't even have any rushes. Next up, we got the New York Giants as a winner this week. Whoa, the New York Giants. So they got the win over the Washington football team, 20-19 to in this one. So my money line pick of Washington was a loser, but my spread pick of Washington plus 2.5 is a winner. So both of these teams come out of this game at 1-5. and So the Giants jumped out to a 13-3 to lead in this one. And before the half, Washington scored to make it 13-10. to Washington got a field goal to close out the third quarter and tie this one at 13. But Washington, Washington came out and forced a punt on the next drive against the Giants and then fumbled after forcing the punt, which was returned for a touchdown to give the Giants a 20-13 to lead. So now the Giants have a 20-13 to lead late in the fourth. Washington gets their chance to come down and tie this game and send it into overtime so they drive all the way down they get in the end zone and riverboat ron decides to go for two and win the game instead of kick the extra point and tie this one and send it to overtime so they come up short and the giants get their first win of the season so the giants that's what that's what makes the giants a winner this week if you're going to get your first win of the season especially against a division rival you're a winner in my book so good to them 
The AFC East is not a feat, though. They are out of the bottom of it, so that's good, I guess. They're tied with Washington now for last place. Well, I guess now they're in third because they got the tiebreaker in this win. So now Washington's in last place. So that's a good good for them, good for Daniel Jones, good for good for the Giants, get their first win. It's, it's just not be winless is great. You need to win football games in the NFL. So for fantasy, we'll start with my stardom for the Giants. I've got Daniel Jones. He had 112 yards, a touchdown, an interception, as well as seven rushes for 74 yards. My sit for the Giants is Golden Tate. He only had one catch for 11 yards. My stardom for Washington was Kyle Allen. He had 280 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, as well as two rushes for eight yards and a fumble. My sit for the for Washington was Peyton Barber. He only had four carries for six yards and one catch for four yards. My final winner of the week is the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons got the win in this one, 40-23 over the Vikings. So my money line pick of the Vikings is a loser, as well as my spread pick of Vikings minus 3.5. Both teams come out of this one at 1-5. One Falcons got off to a hot start in this one, going up 21-0 at the half or 20 to zero at the half. Then the Falcons just continued to roll going up 33 to seven before the Vikings scored to make it 33 to 15. Uh, They traded touchdowns after that for a 40 to 23 final Falcons are a big winner because they really just steamrolled this Vikings team. They showed that after firing Dan Quinn, they could get a win. So that's kind of been a theme this year with the Texans as well. So, Big win after firing their coach. They've got some talent, so I hope that they could capitalize on this win and get it, get the momentum rolling and turn this into multiple wins because I think the Falcons are good. I mean, it's I think Matt Ryan's solid. It's always fun to see Julio Jones. Calvin Ridley's good. And, and Todd Gurley has shown he's been solid. So uh, the Falcons get a nice win, so I'll put them as a winner this week. For fantasy, my stardom for the Falcons is Julio Jones. He had eight catches for 137 yards and two touchdowns. My sit-em for the Falcons is going to be Todd Gurley. He had 20 carries for 47 yards and three catches for 20 yards. My stardom this week for Minnesota was Justin Jefferson. He had nine catches for 166 yards and two touchdowns. And my sit-em is Alexander Matson. He had 10 carries for 26 yards and one catch for four yards. We're going to wrap up the week six review with the best bets, and I'll update you guys on how my picks have been going. So this week for my money line picks, I was eight and five, which makes me 38, 19, and one when picking money line games this year. And this week I was seven and six versus the spread, which makes me 34 and 24 against the spread for the season. So now for my best bets that I gave out last week, my one o'clock parlay was a winner. It was Colts money line, Baltimore money line, and Tennessee money line. My next parlay I gave out was the lock parlay, and that one was a winner as well because it was the Colts and the Ravens, both money line. And the last one was the full slate parlay, which was a loser. It was Colts money line, Baltimore money line, Miami money line, Arizona money line, and New England money line. So that one was a loser because the Pats lost. There was a lot of great week six football. A couple teams got their first wins. A couple teams, one team stays winless. And it was it was tough. It was a tough board, I'll be honest. It was tough, tough betting this week 
I mean, that Packers game was big. I, I, I thought the Packers were going to win that. And then the Colts and the Ravens not covering. That kind of sucked. But hope you guys took some of these picks, made a little bit of money off of them. And we'll be back with some more picks and stuff to bet on on Thursday's pod. So that'll wrap up week six of the NFL. Great week of football. On this episode of TV Time, we are going to talk about the show Dexter. Dexter is eight seasons, 12 episodes, one hour long episodes on Showtime. The plot of this show is Dexter Morgan, played by Michael C. Hall, is a forensic blood specialist for the Miami Police Department CSI unit. He works with his sister, Deb, who's an up-and-coming beat cop trying to become a detective. Their father and Dexter's stepfather, Harry Morgan, was a big-time detective in Miami, so being in the police department kind of runs in their blood. But Dexter's big secret that only his stepfather knew is that Dexter is a serial killer himself. With the guidance of his father, Harry, Dexter learned at an early age to have a moral compass and only kill people that are guilty. So this show is amazing. It's one of my all-time favorites. Each season has a new serial killer that the Miami Police Department and Dexter are trying to track down and find for alternate reasons. Dexter wants to kill them, and the police department obviously wants to arrest them. So it's an exhilarating show. The first few seasons will keep you on the edge of your seat, and then as you keep getting deeper in and enjoy Dexter and all of his weird quirks, the show is just amazing from start to finish. But surprise, motherfucker, Dexter's returning for a ninth season. So it sounds like this ninth season is going to be a 10-part finale to the series. So don't take my word for it. This is just kind of from what I've been reading and seeing from stuff that's come out recently. It only came out really recently that they were going to have a ninth season. So it looks like it's going to be 10 parts to wrap up the series and should come to Showtime sometime in the fall of 2021. So people were really disappointed with how this show ended. It had a really weird cliffhanging ending. So hopefully bringing it back for this ninth season will please some fans and they can really tie up Dexter's story in a way that him and the fans can really enjoy and really come to terms with. So with that, I've decided that I'm going to do a Dexter rewatch pod to lead up to the return of one of my favorite shows. So I'm still trying to figure out exactly how I'm going to do this. So I'll give more of an update maybe on Thursday or early next week. But if you want to start watching Dexter, go ahead. Or if you want to wait to watch Dexter for my rewatch pod and watch it along with me, that'd be great. If you want to rewatch it along with me, that would be awesome. I would just want everybody to enjoy Dexter so that we can all enjoy season nine when it comes out and really take in 10 parts and really get that itch that we've been wanting for Dexter back. So if you haven't checked out Dexter, check it out. You won't regret it. It will suck you in, and it will be one of your all-time favorite shows. Hope you guys enjoyed the show today. We'll be back on Thursday with another MVP talk, NFL Week 7 preview, and another episode of TV Time. Enjoy today, guys. Peace.